right. Uh, so glad to have each one of you here at uh, Life Church Utah. Thank you for, uh, for joining us in person. And then thanks to all of those who are joining us online uh, as well. And uh, you can definitely let your friends know uh, that Life Church is open 9 a.m. and, or I'm sorry, 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. here at the West Valley Campus. At our Tooele Campus is 11 a.m. And then we do have a 1 p.m. Spanish service uh, here at, the, uh, at our auditorium here at West Valley. And so, uh, so, so grateful for each one of you. Um, what does it mean to be free? What does it mean to be free? I mean, our, our culture, certainly in America, and uh, our time is short today, so I'm, I got a ton of, I've got like 40 pages, no, not really. I got a lot of notes here, but we'll, uh, we will make it out, uh, make it out on time, hopefully. Um, so what, for us in America, freedom is one of those foundational things uh, that defines who we are. It is enshrined in our documents written by our founding fathers and uh, statements like this from our Constitution, Amendment, uh, First Amendment. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of people uh, or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for redress of grievances. I mean, that is, that is enshrined there um, in the, uh, the First Amendment to our Constitution, our freedoms. And we love our freedoms in America. And even back in the Declaration of Independence, we hold these truths to be self-evident. That all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Many of you probably memorized the Declaration of Independence, or at least the preamble, uh, when you were in, in school. And that's part of, I mean, this is, this is our DNA. It's our lifeblood in America that we love our freedoms. Uh, so freedom as a powerful principle, uh, as parent, how many of you are parents and have, ki- have children? Well, parents and have children, that would be the same thing, right? That's like a redundant statement. How many of you are parents? All right, good, 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 good. Ah, that is fantastic. Um, as your kids grow up, we see freedom uh, being played out before our eyes. Because when our children are born, the first thing that happens uh, is they just lay there. And it is wonderful. <laughs> Right? I mean, that is the best stage of a child is right there when they just lay there and can do nothing else except us change their diaper, right? That is it right there. And so their freedom, there's no freedom for them because they can't do anything. They just kind of lay there. But the freedom comes for them when they can do what? What's the first kind of step in all of that? They roll. And if you're not careful, you're not watching, they roll right off the side of the bed. That never happened at our house at all. Um, so they, they begin rolling, and they realize that they can roll across large distances because uh, they don't, right? Their, their freedom begins to kind of grow there. And then right after, uh, right after that, they start getting up, and they start crawling. And what you thought was a safe house is no longer a safe house. And they start crawling everywhere. And if you leave a door open everywhere. I mean, I mean everywhere. So if you are a young parent, just know it's coming. <laughs> it's coming. And their freedom, what does that do to our freedom as parents? Yeah. Starts to limit our freedoms because now uh, there's, a, there's something associated with that because as they start to crawl, then they start to walk further and further away. And, and they end up at your neighbor's house not knowing that they had left your home. Again, nothing that ever happened in our house. We never had our neighbors bring our children back to us because we are good parents. Their freedom <laughs> meant less freedom for us as parents. And then those, uh, those steps turn into wheels. 
First of all, two wheels, and now they can, I remember as a kid going for hours and hours and hours being gone, and now that freedom's kind of taken away from, from a lot of us, right? But, but you know, we'd, we'd get to the wheels and, and start uh, riding around on our bikes, and then those two wheels turn into four wheels. And then our children that now have incredible freedom, what that means for us uh, parents is up late at night praying for our children who have freedom, <laughs> right? And so that freedom has a cost associated with it. I remember my first vehicle was a 1975 Toyota Corolla, fantastic vehicle, it would change your life. I mean, it's just awesome. Um, but I remember having that freedom, and now I could go anywhere I want, anytime I would like to, until that freedom required me to fill up. <laughs> now, back then, uh, this is the, uh, the early, or mid-80s, um, you know, it was about, I think, probably 70 cents a gallon, maybe a little bit less than that, somewhere right around there. So I really didn't care, even at a $3 an hour job, you're like, ah, I can make this work. Um, but, you know, that freedom began to cost me something, and my friends who wanted me to drive everywhere, all of a sudden, I'm like, give me some gas money. <laughs> Your freedom is, uh, is responsible now for my freedom. So freedom is powerful. But for freedom to be freedom is freedom without restraints. Because I think when we hear that word freedom, we think that that means we can do anything that we would like. And we see that at play happening even within our own culture and our own world uh, right now is that upheaval is there, just that, that uncertainty there, and yet that freedom is being expressed, right? And for some reason, it's like, ah, there's something about that. Paul, when he's talking to the church at Galatia, He's focusing on freedom. And in Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, this is that central focus that we've been uh, going back to every single week in the series. Um, and, and this is where Paul begins to put flesh onto these bones that he's talked about, about faith in Jesus Christ. And there were people who were coming into the church saying, no, it's not just faith. You have to add to it things of the law. You have to add to it things of uh, the, the Judaism religion. You have to add this in order for you to actually be saved. And Paul's like, no, because we have been set free through faith in Jesus Christ. So we are to enjoy the freedom granted by a life found in Jesus Christ, empowered by the Spirit. This is kind of that bottom line uh, that Paul is expressing to the church, that we should enjoy this freedom. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, we've read it every single week, says this, for freedom... Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. This, uh, this idea here of for freedom Christ has set us free uh, is, um, can also be written down like, uh, with a view to enjoying freedom, Christ set us free. So we are, as followers of Christ, we are to enjoy the freedom that we have in loving and serving Jesus. Why is it that at times the Christians are so grumpy. Do you know any grumpy Christians? I know a few in my life, right? And I'm like, come on, enjoy this freedom that God has given us. Enjoy this freedom that we can live a life of freedom not bound by the old way of life. So from Galatians chapter 5, verse 2 through 12, Paul is continuing to challenge the church to live this life of freedom. He talks a little bit about, more about what faith is and um, these strong words that he's uh, giving in there. You know, uh, a little yeast goes a long way to infecting the rest of the loaf. And so be very careful about what you believe. He's warning still against the teaching that says you've got to have something more than faith in order to love Jesus. So Paul is all about grace. He's all about this freedom. 
And it would be really easy at this point to say that that, that, uh, that that in itself was the conclusion of what Paul was teaching to the church. But the reality is something much different. And in fact, the Judaizers, those who were trying to bring other teaching in, this is what they were accusing Paul of. They're saying, Paul, all that you talk about is grace, 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 freedom, grace, grace. Where are the restrictions on that freedom? So, Paul, we're going to add restrictions by saying, uh, for the men, you must be circumcised. You must follow certain dietary laws. You must follow certain calendar laws of Judaism in order for you to prove that you are a Christian. And they're saying, Paul, you've got no law. In fact, what they accuse Paul of is a big word. You ready for a big word for today? This is the word for the day. Go home and wow somebody with it, all right? Antinomianism. Antinomianism, which means without law or against the, against the law or opposed to the law, meaning specifically the law of Moses, that's what it specifically is, but much broader than that, opposed to restrictions. St. Paul, you are so filled with grace that you have no restrictions on your life. Paul knew that this is what they were saying, and so he goes on and he drops a bomb to the church in Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. And this is what he says, and I think it's so incredibly powerful. He says, for you were called to freedom. So he's agreeing with what he said earlier. You know, it's for freedom that you've been called. For you were called to freedom, brothers and sisters. And here's the limitation. Here's the restriction that Paul brings out. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for self-indulgence. Do not use this freedom for an opportunity for self-indulgence. This idea, this idea for opportunity is uh, like whenever you climb a mountain. I know many of you are mountaineers here, and you've climbed many mountains in your life, right? But at the base of the mountain, you'd have the base camp, and, and everything would take place. You'd go up, plan your route out, you know, uh, make part of your route up there, then you'd come back to the base camp. Then the next day, you would go back up a little bit further, get your route a little bit more secure, and then go down. He was saying, don't let... Um, this freedom that you have be a base camp for you to indulge in all the things that you know you shouldn't do. This is that baser side of who we are. That's, this is the sinful nature that he's talking about here. And what the accusers were saying is that you can, according to Paul, right, that these accusers were saying you can go out and do anything you want and assume upon the grace of God for your life. And Paul's saying no. Paul's saying that the grace that we have and the freedom that we have is restrained by something. This freedom that we have, we can't just go out and do anything we want and assume upon God's forgiveness. This is what Paul's talking about. You can't just go out and sin and say, oh, it's okay because God's going to forgive me anyway. You can't go out and do the wrong things and, uh, what does he say, this freedom as an opportunity for self I cannot indulge in the sinful nature and make the assumption that God is just going to continue to forgive, 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 forgive. And that's why I go out and do whatever I want to do. Paul's like, you can't do this. So why do we have freedom? Why is it that we have freedom to live a life in Jesus Christ. He goes on to say in Galatians chapter 5, verse 13, he says, but through love, so this isn't an opportunity for self-indulgence, but through love, this is harsh words or strong words, become slaves to one another. Other versions soften a little bit and they say, instead, serve one another in love. 
But that word there is slave. Become slave to one another in love. So folks, this life that we live, we don't have freedom in Jesus Christ so that we can go out and do anything we want. We don't have freedom in Jesus Christ so that we can go out and sin and say, well, it's okay, I've got grace, Jesus is gonna continue to forgive me. That's not why we have freedom. The reason we have freedom in Jesus Christ is for others. And I know I drive this point home over and over and over again, but we can't get away from it. This is the reason why Jesus Christ died for us to set us free is so that we can proclaim the love of Jesus Christ to others. That's the sole purpose of it. That's why we are here, folks. It's not about us. It's not about us having blessings in our life. It's not about us getting the next home or the car. It's not about that at all. What it's about is us sharing the love of Jesus Christ with the people around us. Through love, serve one another. That's the bottom line. Through love, serve one another. This is my responsible freedom. That's my responsible freedom that I have. I can't just go out and do what I want. I'm going to invite you to stand to your feet as we close out. I know this message has been relatively short. <laughs> But the point of it, I think, is very, very, very tight in what Paul is saying. That we cannot go on sinning because we think that we can just ask for forgiveness. There's something more to this freedom that we have. And next week, I'm certainly going to be digging a whole lot more into this. And I encourage you, uh, read Galatians chapter 5, the rest of it, and uh, you'll find out what I'm talking about. Um, so next week, I'm not going to spoil it for next week. Uh, but we have this huge responsibility, folks, that our freedom is not for us, it's for others. I invite you to bow your heads, close your eyes for just a moment. And where you are online, at home or in a car or wherever you are, just a moment for you as well for introspection. You're here this morning and say, Pastor, uh, I have relied on the forgiveness of God and I realize I've come to take it for granted. I've realized I've come to take for granted that that I, have, I feel like it's no big deal to sin because God's going to forgive me anyway. This is not the kind of freedom that Paul is talking about. This is not the kind of freedom that Jesus Christ died for. The freedom that we have is the freedom to love others. That's what constrains us. So every eye bowed, every eye closed. I'm not going to ask for a raise of hands at this point, but if you're here this morning and you would say that I've taken the freedom of God too far, I've assumed upon his forgiveness in my life, I've assumed upon the freedom that he's given me in Jesus Christ, and I've lived for myself, I've taken as an opportunity for self-indulgence rather than constraining it to the love of others. If that's you, just in this moment, say, God, forgive me. God, forgive me for the way that I've lived my life. Forgive me, God, for taking your forgiveness for granted. Forgive me, God, for living a self-indulgent life that has not honored you, but it's been sinful and it's been focused on me. Forgive me, God. And so, Father, I do ask for your forgiveness upon each, for each one of us. 
But God, this kind of forgiveness is not a sloppy kind of grace because God, you have, um, you have asked us to live for you. You've asked us to live that life of Christ. Your word says that we have been crucified with Christ in Galatians chapter two. And it's no longer I who live, but it's Jesus who lives through me. And so God, help me to not have, the, have in my heart that I can just go out and do anything I want because I've got freedom. But God, help me to live a life of restraint because I have freedom. And so God, we are free to live for you and free to love others around us. And God, let that be what guides our lives is that we represent Jesus Christ to this world around us. Father, I pray your blessing upon this congregation. I ask, Lord, that you would guide us and lead us and that, Jesus, your love for us would show up in the way that we live our lives and the way that we love others around us. Lord, you're an awesome God. We love serving you. And God, we count it a privilege of being here today. Father, I pray another blessing upon Girls 180 Ministry. Ask, Lord, that you would use them powerfully and show yourself to be faithful to them. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Before you leave, one final thing. If you would like a little more information about uh, Girls 180 and how we're gonna be involved on October 3rd, I'm gonna invite you to make your way out to the lobby and uh, we've got like a little quick sign up uh, that you can, uh, can do and uh, Natasha's out there and she will fill you on on some ways that maybe you can participate as well on October 3rd. So God bless you guys. Thank you so much and we will see you next week.